0: Hello, I'm Glenn and I'm Jim and welcome to the backstage show. This week on The Backstage Show, we'll be continuing our discussion about play and slate selection. Indeed, yeah. We talked about it from the director's
1: standpoint in the last episode, and there are obviously more considerations that have to be made, mostly logistically.
0: (laughs) So once you've selected your play, you have to submit your play often, although sometimes the play has been selected already and you're submitting to be a director for that play. If that makes any sense. Yeah, different theaters have (laughs) different approaches to it. Yeah, so I I think there's, I would say, three different ways that most theaters do it. Um, They will either select their plays ahead of time and then go to their approved directors. Or as a director, you will submit to uh, some entity within the theater, whether it's a play reading committee or the board or a play selection committee. Or the third way, which I think is just barley chief, is you submit your play to the membership and directly and the membership votes. They vote on it. Yeah. Which is probably, I don't know if that one requires more preparation. I guess it doesn't. I mean, I guess it's an equal amount of preparation no matter how you're submitting.
1: Yeah, you usually have to fill out a form, I guess, in those scenarios. Yeah. Um, Even with uh, the, the voting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, with the voting, they they present a packet to the membership and there's, you know, your play title and you have to uh, work out your budget and list uh, prominent roles and, uh, you know, ages and genders of those roles. You usually have to put a synopsis in there that that they'll end up using in the program uh, if your show gets selected. And then there's like a kind of like a free form selection, a section rather, where you're talking about your vision.
1: Yeah. I remember that one. Uh, yeah. I know budget is certainly a big concern. and
0: Yeah, budget is, is a big concern. Just selecting your play, you have to be like, can I do this within whatever budget I'm going to be given?
1: Right, and I guess that's usually predetermined by the theater.
0: Yeah, I, that, that's, uh, Although, that to me is a weird way that Barley Sheaf does it is that you have to submit your budget. You have like a maximum, like it has to be lower than a certain amount, but you can submit whatever you want. Whenever Personally, whenever I've submitted, I just always make sure it adds up to that maximum amount. I have always come in under budget. But Yeah, I, what would
1: they do if you
0: came in over what you said, but it was you, still you under actually, their limit? You have to get board approval. Really? Yeah, once your show is selected with the budget that you submit, Uh, That is your budget. And if you're going to go over that budget, you have to go to the board, whether it's, you know, even if it's still below whatever that maximum is. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why I always go up to the maximum just to avoid, you know, uh, having to contact the board. I've never, I've never come anywhere near the total budget as far as I'm aware. Uh, that's mainly a producer thing.
1: But. Yeah, but you may as well. In that case, you may as well err on the side of higher.
0: Yeah, that's my thought. Although, when you're presenting to the membership, they might look at it like, uh, "Well, this show is going to be cheaper to produce, so maybe well, I'll I could vote do for that, that show for
1: five hundred dollars less than you." <laughs> that <laughs> Name becomes a that budget.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's that's the advantage of say like a Shakespeare production, but that's you know that that's cheaper usually in an uncontrolled budget. Uh, because you have two separate sections, again, uh, talking to barley Chief, because this is uh, where I have the most experience. but they have the uncontrolled budget section, which is you know, paying for scripts and rights and things like that. And then you have the uh, the controlled budget, which is uh, set and props mm-hmm. and costumes makeup, that kind of thing. and that's what you're uh, you, you have a, only uh, up to a certain amount.
1: right. yeah, that's been my experience as far as the uncontrolled portion of it they said doesn't mm-hmm. count against you. Yeah. It's kind of the cost of doing business, I guess. Right,
0: right. And and that's, you know, the difference than, say, The Barn, when I've gotten shows in there, uh, they're pretty much like, okay, here's your show, and your budget is, you know, whatever the amount is, and that's that's what you get.
1: Yeah, I was kind of surprised to hear, actually, about The Barn, that it, uh, I'm probably not going to get my facts right, that there wasn't, if I'm remembering this right, there wasn't necessarily a set number.
0: No, there was one. When I was there, there was a set number. Yeah. I mean, it was, if I recall, it was higher than most area theaters. It was a pretty high set number, but they, they did say, yeah, you, this is your your max. But again, as somebody who has not produced, I don't really see the money. The producers generally take care of that and, and you know, they'll let me know, like, yeah, you have this money to spend or you don't have it to spend. Right. I, I tend not to worry about that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I haven't produced either, but. Um... Yeah, I rely and on that's the producer why, for that. I just, <laughs> I that's submit the you receipts. That's why you listen to us. You listen to us because we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> well, I guess we can freely admit that that's probably one aspect of uh, community theater that for both of us happens to be a pretty big gap in our experience. Yeah, and I mean, Neither we, of us we have really gaps. produced.
0: We, we don't claim to be experts on any of this stuff. We just hope we're having somewhat interesting discussions about it. And, uh, you know, if you want to get in on the discussions, you can email us at podcast... At backstage.link. And thank you for telling them that, Glenn. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so um, so you have all sorts of considerations that you need to have in place when you're submitting a play. A lot of times you have to get your own staff. True. So that's something yeah. else to think about. Uh, I have been
1: asked by directors submitting a play, and I've also had to think about it myself as far as getting a crew together.
0: Now, has that ever... Prevented you from submitting something because you're worried you won't get a staff?
1: Well, I've only ever actually submitted one play before. Hmm. Uh, In general. But you've
0: directed seven times.
1: I have, but.
0: (laughs) So when you. But most
1: of those were at the same theater and they don't operate that way. How do they they operate operate from the perspective of. They have a play reading committee, and they pick a show, uh, a slate, and submit it to the board for approval. And then they and then they select directors. sign. They get directors to sign on for.
0: Okay, but when you're signing on for that, do you have to have your staff in place already? No. And if you don't, do they provide one? Mm, good question. <laughs> See, so that to me is is something that I would consider. So you've never even really considered that you're like I'm going to put into direct this, and then I'll worry about it afterwards.
1: Not necessarily. Well. Maybe if I'm thinking about doing a show, I will probably also be thinking about who I would get to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you?
0: Have, but have you approached that staff before you've put into direct? Possibly. I think <laughs> I have. <laughs> Possa, have I'm you, trying to remember. Have you or have you not? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was on Answer trial the here. Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever I've gone to submit, I've I've always tried to get my staff in place. I mean, I've at least talked to people, just being like, okay, I'm thinking about submitting this show. Right. Are you available? Because to me, like, I, I feel like if I submitted a show and I had nobody to like design my lights, I'm like, I don't know what I would do. I, it, it can be pretty challenging.
1: I, I think I've generally talked to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not necessarily have covered all of the bases up front. I yeah. think, for example... For True West, uh, when I directed that, I we didn't actually have a stage manager till relatively late in the game mm-hmm. on that one, and I don't recall if that was because we had asked somebody and then they couldn't do it, or exactly what the deal was. Yeah,
0: I had that a little more often early on. I I would submit stuff, and like stage manager was not something that I had, uh, you know, somebody to do it every time. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you know, I've had a a staff that's been fairly consistent over the last half of the shows i've directed
1: well here's the thing with that you have i guess mainly lately at least been directing shows pretty much at one place yes right well that makes a that that helps a Uh, lot because you're familiar with people you know what they are willing to do you know who you want to work with and you've developed that relationship yeah and i think that's one of the reasons that i do
0: keep putting in is that i have a a a crew that that keeps going back there with me, and I'm I'm very familiar with the space at this point, so right. that makes it makes it easier for me. The one time I did
1: submit an application for show, that part of it, as far as getting a crew together, was challenging for me, because it was a much different geographic location than I had been mm-hmm. working with. Or... And did you find the theater helped you at that point? Yeah, I mean, I had a, uh, I guess it was, uh, that was PlayCrafters and Skip Back, and there was, I believe, if I recall correctly, a like a board advisor assigned
0: okay uh, yeah that was kind of similar to my experience at king of prussia when i uh, did picasso there they assigned me a producer mm -hmm. uh they told me i i had to be assigned a producer because i was a first-time director there and uh i think the barn does something similar they might yeah i mean i I had a producer going in who was an experienced one so unless
1: you list a producer on your application i think uh There's the option to assign you one, Mm. or maybe it's if you're a newcomer.
0: Yeah, I I know King of Prussia did not give me a choice, and it ended up assigning me a producer who had never produced before and I don't think has ever produced since. Mm. But uh, no, I mean, she did a fantastic job, and that was— I I knew nobody at this space. I I had not done—I think I was in a show there once, maybe. No, I don't think I've ever acted there. I think I've done nothing but that one show that I that I directed. I think that's all I've ever done with King of Prussia Players. Uh, Brackenlock. Oh yeah, Brackenlock. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but that was after that. So I did I I acted in one after that. Okay, but I never had done anything before that, so I didn't know anybody that had worked there. So they also assigned me a uh, a lighting designer because I'm like, I, yeah, I don't have anybody that I can bring in, and right. it just so happens that the lighting designer that they assigned to me. Has worked with me in I think every show since, except for once when he wasn't available. Mm-hmm. So that ended up working really well.
1: Yeah, that's what I that that was the diff, uh, challenge I had going into it was I didn't really know people well enough, kind of behind the scenes to know who would be able to help in which capacity. So I didn't wasn't really sure who to ask. Yeah. in most cases, and that
0: can be a, a challenge. I mean, usually I would think most theaters. If they're interested in you as a director, if they have some confidence in you, they'll help you find a staff mm-hmm. and a good producer will definitely help you there. I mean, that, that, yeah. that to me is key. If you can get yourself a good producer, then, or, you know, or if
1: there is a board advisor or yeah. somebody like that, that, Something like that can kind of help you fill in the gaps with the staff. Yeah. Cause it's easy to, well, you're going to be auditioning for actors, but, uh, sometimes finding a staff is, yeah. well, it doesn't follow the same process, obviously, but it
0: can have its own challenges sometimes I wish it would follow the same process. You can hold auditions for your, like... <laughs> How long do you run these lights? Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice to have multiple people competing, but I, I think people who do backstage work, I mean, good backstage people are hard to find. Well, some people, that's all I want to do. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's great if you can get that. Like, I have a stage manager who's followed me for a few shows that that's all she does. My lighting guy, I mean, I, I think he's appeared on stage a couple of times just for the hell of it, but... He he does lighting. I mean, that's what he does. And, you know, I had Master Carpenter, well, uh, my usual Master Carpenter up and moved to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got another guy that, that, that does a great job with that, but he does a lot of stuff. So he's not always as available. I had found um, when I first
1: started getting into directing that uh, the theater group was set up in such a way that certain people kind of did the same job in each production or almost every production
0: in multiple productions in the season
1: yeah okay yeah in some cases um well actually <laughs> uh the last show i directed uh at village players of hat our producer i believe it was his eighth show in a row producing or wow you know missed
0: one possibly that to me like is such a huge commitment to do that
1: Right. And eventually, you know, I think alluding to alluding to when I first got into directing, eventually those people wanted to move on or they moved out right. of the area or they weren't available and Or then, you just get burned out. <laughs> yeah, and then it became or they changed
0: jobs or for whatever reason and, mm-hmm. and, and I think the, that would be risky for a theater. You want to make sure that you've yeah. got like several people who can produce a show. You don't want the same person doing it over Yeah, that or, can or, be or, a, a challenge.
1: Yeah. Um but that was a case where these people had kind of developed that reputation. And then mm-hmm. I think after a while I kind of felt,
0: you know, I'm not sure what this person's availability is. I kind of feel bad. Right. You know, asking. I mean, yeah, but I mean, if they love doing that, if that's the kind of thing that, that that's just what they wanted to do is they just wanted to produce shows. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes that can work out well. It kind of depends. Yeah. I guess on, it does. And the people involved. Yeah. And then once you've got your staff in place, you've got to work out. Well, I mean, we talked about budget. I think we talked about that some in the last episode and to me, that's something, I mean, you obviously have to get that done for your submission and then your producer is pretty much going to handle the money. I mean, at least that's how it's been for me. Yeah. I mean, what's been your experience? That's producer generally money. been the same. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what else do you need to consider when you're submitting your space? The space is a big one. Yeah. Um, well, most- how, have you worked with other set designers on your shows? Have you designed your own sets? What's been your process? I haven't really ever designed my own sets. Okay. Uh, Because that's what usually... I I, I think every Barley Sheaf's show that I've done, and that's been more than half of the shows I've directed, I designed my own set. I designed it for Picasso at King of Prussia Players. I did not design it for the show I directed at Forge or either show at the barn. To me, personally... I found it's easier to design my own set because I know it's going to be done heading into rehearsals and and blocking rehearsals. Because I, I've working on other shows, I found sometimes that when a director is working with an outside designer, sometimes the set design is not locked down until your blocking is part way through. Yeah, that's that's problematic. Yeah. But it just seems to happen so much, which is one of the reasons I prefer to design my own sets because I know it's done ahead of time.
1: I think I've probably at least had a, at least more recently have had a concept of the layout yeah. overall layout of the set because exactly for to. that reason, for blocking in particular, it's yeah. kind of a big deal. But and
0: sometimes you'll get through that, and and the designers like, yeah, you know what, you the way you've blocked this, this this can't work, right? <laughs> I, I think that's one of the things as a director you need to like have your finger in so many pies is that a, is that a thing fingers and pies i uh, did i just make that up i don't think i, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think i well, want to yeah. eat those pies glenn <laughs> well you have to uh, you have to have a hand
1: in different aspects of the production to have your certainly. hand in lots of even different if you're
0: not I, I it's you have to know how to do almost every job that you're assigning To some extent, you have to have some idea of it. Right. I mean, I can't say I would know enough about lighting design to. Yeah, like I couldn't design a light, but but I I could be like, I know this side of the stage needs to be dark and I want, you know, a bluish light over here. I know enough to convey to the lighting designer what I think we need. Yeah. And then my lighting designer will say, yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. We don't (laughs) have
1: enough channels for that.
0: I don't get that. I get the ceiling's too low. That's the problem with Barley (laughs) Sheaf. You've only got like. Eight and a half feet of clearance from stage to ceiling. Oh. Yeah. That's a very low ceiling in that theater. Yeah, a little bit. So it's a it's very challenging because most of the lighting has to be done from the front. You can't get a lot of stuff overhead. Mm-hmm. So we had like a window. We needed lighting outside of a window, and it was very difficult not to get the shadow of the window on the set. Oh, geez. But he did a good job with that. But uh- that's one of those... One of those things of knowing the space and getting your set design down.
1: I'm thinking back to like Red Herring, for instance, where there wasn't really a lot of a set design, per se, because it was Mm. a black box, sort of. But actually, more of the design might have been figuring out how to allocate enough space on stage and still have enough space backstage to store stuff.
0: Well, that's often a challenge with community theaters, because there's often not a lot of backstage space.
1: Right. And that's a huge consideration for submitting uh, plays, knowing what you have to work with. Yeah. I mean, I I think
0: that that all comes down to that pre-planning that we were discussing with you need to have a vision. Yeah. And if you know the space and uh, you may not have a design, but you have to know, is it possible to design what you want in that space? Sure. Like with Barley Sheep, for example, with that eight and a half foot clearance, generally speaking, you're not going to be doing something that has a two story set because you can't fit two stories in there. You can't? Well, not there easily. Aren't, there aren't that many theaters,
1: community theaters that I've encountered that that have that amount of space.
0: No, I mean not not like two full floors, but you might be able to do some kind of split thing. I mean, uh something like uh, uh what's the farce that I'm Noises off. Noises <laughs> off that, that has been done at some area theaters which technically requires two full floors, but you can kind of cheat it a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um and Barley Sheaf did do, they uh, did uh, Anything Goes, I believe it was, a, a oh, really? number of years ago, where they put the audience on the stage, and the show was on the floor, and they built a uh, like one and three quarter story set. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. I mean, you get creative. Well,
1: in cases like that, where it seems like it's more of a stretch, that's where you have to really address those concerns in your vision mm-hmm. statement or whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's part of, well, I mean, a- any form that I filled out has some kind of, you know, not vision statement per se, but, you know, a vision of your show. And you have to say, like, and you should be able to say, this is what the show is about. This is how I intend to present it. Um, In your experience,
1: are you generally, uh, the plays that you're submitting, are you kind of basically presenting something where people are coming into it cold, like they have no idea.
0: It's kind of varied because, uh, you know, when I've submitted like a Dracula or a Frankenstein, I, I don't think there's anybody out there that has no idea what that's about. But then when I'm submitting like an accomplice, that was challenging because it's difficult to talk too much about that show without revealing the big twists because that show it's, it's a mystery comedy and the twists in it are just insane. And that's what it's really all about so presenting that show i had a talk about how yeah there's some twists here that you're going to be like wow i can't believe this happened and you know it's kind of a mystery murder and it's kind of a classic kind of show so it can be challenging and sometimes yeah you're going in describing something where whoever you're describing it to has no idea what it's about so i think you need to be prepared to do that unless you're presenting like something like a Dracula or Frankenstein, or when you're submitting Hound of the Baskervilles, like there's nobody out there that doesn't know, has never heard of Sherlock Holmes. Sure.
1: Um, I bring that up because, uh, I guess it's Playcrafters has different deadlines for submission based on primarily whether it's, they list, they actually list Hmm. a bunch of plays on their website that I guess they, they've vetted. Okay. Um, so if it's so, an unvetted
0: show, you have to submit earlier? Yes, and I guess
1: provide a copy of the script to okay. go along with it so that, you know, the powers that be can read it.
0: Right, that makes sense, and I think with Barley Sheaf, with the membership, um, I think it kind of behooves you to get word out ahead of time and be like, hey, I've got a copy of the script if anybody wants to read it, and, and get people familiar with it if they're not already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that would be a good idea at really any theater, personally. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I would think if you're dealing with a show that most people don't know, I think it's going to be an uphill battle.
1: It depends on who you have to sell it to, really. I guess that's true. (laughs) Whether it's the whole membership
0: or a select number of people. But do you want that select number of people to know about it? I mean, that's really what I'm asking. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. As much as possible. Um, That's kind of where I guess I've sort of taken occasionally taking the uh the indirect way of submitting mm-hmm. more like suggesting right and then
0: and then getting it on that vetted list and then being like hey yeah
1: and then somebody likes it later like oh hey we really like this show if we were to put it in the season would you want to direct it mm-hmm. so it's not really a formal application it kind of takes the pressure off in a way
0: yeah yeah i mean that's that's uh, yeah. submitting the shows to the membership can be a really a lot of work and a lot of pressure and and it's you know you're Making a presentation in front of an audience and that kind of thing. So, and
1: it's it seems like it's become more common that uh, at least some theaters are doing this well in advance of when the actual production would happen. Yeah,
0: I mean, I am. It seems crazy far in advance with some of these things. Like yeah, with they're the doing bar, it's like two years, two years in yeah. advance
1: typically. And yeah, the barley chief finding is still... a staff
0: that's going to be readily available
1: two years. I know.
0: I, I don't know how they get people to commit to that. Barley Sheaf is still about six months ahead. Okay. They, they select in March for their September season, starting in September. Well, so that's
1: relatively months. last minute compared to... Yeah, it really reasons. is. And
0: I mean, that's that's had us run into problems with rights. But that's the other thing. Like, if you're doing a show two years ahead of time, can you get the rights two years ahead of time?
1: Yeah, I don't know how far in advance they can determine that. Well, yeah, I don't either. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's that can be a big challenge, too. Yeah. Uh, it's It's really... Even under normal circumstances, you might be submitting or committing to something, tentatively committing to something that you may not do for another year, year and a half. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's one of the reasons that I backed away and started doing this podcast instead, because like, <laughs> I don't feel like I can commit that much.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it is a commitment, certainly. Yep. You have to, you know, you're not necessarily, you may not necessarily be in control of when your show gets picked to be done. Mm-hmm. Um well, I have, when you're available,
0: <laughs> that's one of the things like I, my experience has been when you have submitted your show, you submit it for a specific time slot. So, I mean, that might be two years in advance, but you're like, OK, in two years in March, I would like to do this show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, you know, it does narrow it down in that case. It's not a matter of I would like to direct the show. OK, you are directing it in 22 months. Like I haven't been assigned a time slot like that has that been your experience have you been assigned time slots? well
1: uh some theaters have a preference in how their season is structured which we'll get into more so in the next episode mm-hmm. but the type of show you're submitting may kind of dictate when when it would get slotted
0: yeah yeah i mean they're, they're definitely more common for that but i've still gotten to choose myself and you know there have been circumstances like at barley chief where people have submitted shows in a slot where it doesn't really fit and it just doesn't get selected because they have that specific structured season. Right. That but, seems like it's pretty common yeah, yeah. from what I gathered. I guess that about covers submission for a play. So uh, we're coming up a little short on this episode, but that's fine. Uh, we'll pick it up a little bit more next week in play Slate Selection. Talking about it more from the theater's
1: perspective and their considerations for how they put together not just scheduling individual plays, but the entire season structure.
0: And if you have any comments on this, keep in mind we do record these like a month in advance, uh, up to a month in advance. So if you're talking to us about something that we're going to discuss next week, we won't hear you until later. But you can contact us for future episodes and other comments at podcast at backstage.link. And until next time, I'm Glenn and he's Jim. And see you next time.